Welcome to Second Opinion, a podcast from Englewood Health, focused on your health and wellness. So hi, I'm Dr. Ramin Hastings, one of the interventional cardiologists here at Englewood Health, and I'm uh, very honored to be with Dr. Joseph DiGregorio, Executive Director of Cardiovascular Services here at Englewood Health, with us today to discuss interventional cardiology. Thank you, Ramin. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So I wanted to start by asking you, what exactly is interventional cardiology, and who are the patients that you're routinely treating? So interventional cardiology is a subspecialty of cardiology where we do uh, diagnostic procedures to look directly uh, at the heart, and that could be uh, looking at directly at the coronary arteries to assess for significant blockages or to assess valvular disease where people have different pathologies and problems that we can address uh, and fix. So how do you routinely have patients come to see you? Um, Are they referred from other people? And how do patients potentially seek out care for these types of procedures? So that's a great question. I think it's very important for people to understand that um, we do visit patients as outpatients, for one thing, uh, where they come to an office or or the hospital for an evaluation. People who have certain risk factors have a greater propensity to develop these problems, including people with high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes or smokers. These are sort of key factors that we uh, look for when we are assessing people for for these problems and um, deciding whether to do some testing to to see if there are any issues that we need to uh, go after. So what type of symptoms should people look out for and seek out the care of someone like yourself? Well, there are, there are a lot of different types of symptoms that can point towards a possible problem. Most common one would be uh, people have chest discomfort. When people have chest discomfort, and when I say that, I'm referring to typically a tightness or a pressure in their chest uh, when they exert themselves but certainly there are other ways that these symptoms might appear that could correlate to some, some uh, underlying problem with heart. Uh, sometimes it's almost um, just indigestion or uh, shortness of breath and more generalized type symptoms. But in any of these cases, we, we want people to come in to be assessed, to do some baseline testing, that is non-invasive testing. And, and it really is important to stay on top of this stuff because when we stay ahead of it, we can always fix things. There are a lot of different options on how to fix these problems, even in, in minimally invasive ways where it's, it's just a lot safer and easier for the patients. We've seen that during this recent period of time where we were going through the pandemic that people were not coming in for the routine testing and assessment, even if they had symptoms. And this was a great concern for us because a lot of patients ended up having some major issues at home. And it it just, it's understandable that people had a fear of coming in because of the risk of being exposed to coronavirus. However, it's not an issue that we can ignore. We can't ignore the other problems that are occurring. And by the way, you know, things are obviously a lot better in, in the area, and there are a lot less cases. Um, hospitals and doctor's offices are now functioning at full capacity in a safe manner 
where we, we really minimize any kind of exposure to coronavirus. I know you've spent countless hours on developing policies and protocols for the hospital to protect our patients from potential exposure to COVID-19. And what would you say to a patient who still is a little apprehensive about coming to the hospital for care that they need? So that's a very important issue. And yes, we've, we've put in lots of protocols and policies to address this issue and keep things safe for patients. Uh, we are testing everyone who's coming in for any kind of procedure, any patients that are in the hospital, and we are monitoring uh, any visitors that come in, and there's a limitation on visitors at this point. Uh, we are also monitoring our, our own staff and, and physicians uh, to keep an eye to make sure nobody um, is at risk. And things have, are done in a very safe manner at this point. Uh, also, it's just important to understand to weigh that risk, which is minimal at this point, against the balance of really getting the, the uh, therapy and uh, testing that you need so that we can stay ahead of other issues that might come up. As an interventional cardiologist, what are you most excited about in terms of new procedures, new developments in the field of interventional cardiology? There are a lot of continuous innovations that occur in this field that, that make it very exciting and make things safer and better and uh, allow us to treat more and more difficult problems that people present with. So in interventional cardiology, let's say specifically regarding coronary artery disease, the products that we use have just gotten so much easier to, to use and smaller, and um, it just makes things uh, certainly less complicated, and we're able to treat very complicated blockages that maybe in the past might have had to go to open-heart surgery. There are devices that drill or even laser or uh, you know modify blockage so that we can use stents to, to open just about anything that presents to us. The other one that I think would be a good idea to talk about would be sort of the overlap with structural heart disease, where certainly over the past few years there have been tremendous uh, strides uh, made regarding treatment of specifically aortic stenosis and uh, being able to fix and replace the valve through what we call percutaneous uh, access. That means, you know, through small, not even incisions, but just needle sticks and accessing through the arteries of the leg most of the time. And sometimes we even access uh, in other, uh, from other areas of the body when necessary. But it allows us to actually um, get in there, replace your valve in a safe manner, and avoid open-heart surgery. So you have tremendous experience in treating these patients for quite a long time now. And so... What, what would you say to a patient about why is this so important? Why is this so good for our patients that we have these techniques now available and we're now perfecting the ability of providing these treatments for our patients? So that's a great question. We're always looking to make these procedures not only safer by, by approaching them in these less invasive ways, but also um, more convenient and easier for the patient. So when, for example, in the past, if someone needed to have a heart surgery to replace an aortic valve, they'd be in the hospital for about a week. And, uh, you know, it's a lot to go through. With the technology that we have now, we bring you in one day, we do these procedures with catheters, we replace the valve, and most people are leaving the next morning. 
and it just makes everything safer and more convenient for the patients. So in conclusion, what would you say to patients or patients' family members about the importance of coming in to seeing their doctor and potentially being diagnosed with heart disease and getting early treatment for those people? It's extremely important, especially in cardiovascular care, because there are so many things we could do to fix problems that we find. When people don't come in and get their problems diagnosed and addressed, a lot of bad things happen. I know uh, during COVID, when people were afraid to come in uh, during the peak of this pandemic, that cardiac arrests at home were up 600 to 800%. And a lot of that was cardiovascular disease that, that people were, were sort of fighting off or ignoring. When we diagnose these problems and stay ahead of it, there, there are things we could do to, to prevent those issues. Well, thank you, Dr. DiGregorio. This was very enlightening. Um, I really enjoyed our conversation. And um, yeah, look forward to working with you moving forward. Thank you, Ramin. That was, that was great. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Englewood Health's Second Opinion. For more episodes, visit englewoodhealth.org slash podcast.